Welcome to the American Med Spa Podcast, Medical Spa Insider. This week, founder Alex Tiersch is in conversation with Patrick O'Brien, attorney for AmSpa from the law firm of Bird Adotto. Okay, everybody, welcome. This is Alex Tiersch, and I am the uh, host of Medical Spa Insider, the podcast where we talk to medical spa professionals about the industry, their businesses, and things like that. And today, we are taking um, a little bit of a different approach. You know that um, for those of you who listen to this podcast and who know AmSpa, know that AmSpa is a compliance-based organization. We're an association um, first and foremost, but really what we want to do is make sure that folks who are in the industry are doing things legally and compliantly. And today we're going to dive into, well, not just today, we've actually already had one podcast on this. We're going to have um, at least one more in addition to today's talking about um, semiglutide and ozempic and all those all those um, buzzwords that are out there right now. But really, it's 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 meant to to give everybody some practical and basic advice on what the legal implications of Ozempic and of Zempic and their their current manufacturers' lawsuits against a couple metal medical spas and practices that that were that was filed, I think I want to say like last week, as well as some of the compounding pharmacy issues that have popped up generally. And just to give you guys a folks uh, uh, an idea as to what the general guidelines are so that you know what to flag and what not to flag and how to navigate this this rather difficult area of the law but i think um in 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 this case it's it's actually pretty straightforward as far as what needs to happen in order to stay legally there are some things that that are that are complicated that we're not going to have a chance to get into simply because it's beyond the scope of anything that we do but um most of the stuff we're going to talk about is just okay here's kind of what the the lay of the land is here's how you should approach it um and here's some of the things you should watch out for Excuse me. I have um, on the AmSpa hotline to help me out with this, um, the one and only Patrick O'Brien, who is AmSpa's general counsel, number one, and also the um, the the driving force behind most of the answers that you're going to get when you call AmSpa or want an answer on the on the the legal landscape. He's the he's the guy that looks it up, so he knows probably more about all of this information than any of us. Patrick, welcome. How are you? Thank you, Alex. I'm doing well. This is actually my first time on the podcast, so thank you for having me. Well, now let's be clear. Not your first time on the... I mean, it is your first time exclusively on the podcast. You've been on many of the webinars and whatnot that have become podcasts, but... Uh, Yes, I do. um, I actually was thinking about that, and that's kind of hard to believe. I don't know how we've... I don't know how that's happened. But anyway, for, for those of you who don't know, um, Patrick O'Brien is based in Dallas. He uh, works closely with the Bertadotto firm um, down in Dallas as well. And then together, they, they, they are the ones who provide AmSpa with, and as an extension, the AmSpa industry with a lot of the, the compliance guidance. Um, so Patrick, welcome again. And, you know, just I, I'd love to, you know, we're going to have to set the table a little bit for what is going on with uh, semaglutide and all the hubbub legally about it. Um, I'd love to just kind of get your 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 general thoughts um, on 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 what's going on and 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 just kind of how you've how this thing has has had an impact in the industry to the extent that you can, and then we'll set the table a little bit and, dump, and jump into some specific questions. 
Sure. Well, so just as a little bit of background, um, the the kind of two name brand drugs we're talking about are Ozimbic and Wegovi. Right. Um, both are based on uh, semaglutide, which is the it's kind of the general underlying active ingredient. Um, right. In in general, you can kind of understand this as uh, you know, there's definitely laws and rules on uh, advertising and approval of drugs and patents and trademarks. Um, but but really, the the kind of main thing is that the the maker of the name brand drugs spent a, a lot of uh, time and effort and, and funds to develop them, and uh, and so is going to take actions to kind of protect that investment. Right. And so this is where it gets um, a little bit confusing, um, although it, it does make sense in the end. So um, I, I think what you said was a, a, a good intro in that Ozempic and Wagovni are is, is it, it's, it's Wagovni are the um, are the brand names for the semaglutide um, ingredient, which then becomes this weight loss drug. Um, but what what was a little bit kind of confusing and I think unusual is that the compounding pharmacies were able to get involved um, probably sooner than they otherwise would be. And, 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 and what I say, but this is where I would love for some, some help explaining this, Patrick, because um, normally when you have these drugs and you're absolutely right, they spend a tremendous amount of money building these drugs, um, researching them and, and for, reference these drugs have been been around for for decades um and they've been used to help diabetics uh to to help with weight loss and glucose control and things like that so there's these are not new by any stretch um at some point though however they do get fda cleared and um ultimately many many years down the road their patents and their trademarks and all that stuff kind of um, go away and then everybody can start using generic versions now we're not in that spot yet so i would love for some context and background on how these compounding pharmacies got involved and and, and how med spas um started legally and this is there's, that should be the, the one of the main points is there's certainly nothing illegal or wrong about using compounding pharmacies to 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 compound semaglutide for your private practices but how did that start to happen in light of the fact that generally speaking you're not able to do that until the the drug is is no longer um under its patent yeah that, that's absolutely true so they so the way it normally works is you know the one of the drug makers uh develops the drug gets it approved by the fda and then they have a period of time under under patent protection and things where they're the kind of the sole supplier of, of this particular drug. Um, and FDA rules kind of prohibit uh, generic um, or right. essentially identical drugs from being manufactured and and uh, uh, marketed. Well, and, um, and, however, and, and just to be clear, but I mean, like that's the whole point of the pat the patent, right? The patent is to prevent others from using your development. Um, you know, it, to compete with them. Yeah, right. It, it's it's to kind of protect that all that investment and time you put into it, um, so that you can kind of make that back over a period of time. And then once the patent runs out, then then kind of everyone can uh, enjoy the 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 fruits of of your your work. Um, so what happened here? So then, separately, the FDA uh, prohibits compounding pharmacies, which are are pharmacies that can uh, 
make and mix drugs of different types and um, from making drugs that are identical to ones that are commercially available on the market. And sometimes when drugs become kind of more popular or there's issues with manufacturing them, um, they become, uh, they get placed on uh, what the FDA calls their drug shortages list, um, which means that they're no longer, and I'm using air quotes, but you can't see me commercially available. Uh-huh. And so that's what that's what happened here is that uh, that these uh, the name brand drugs became kind of so popular so fast um, that the the manufacturers not able to keep up with supply currently, and so the uh, semaglutide injection is placed on this drug shortages list, which allows compounding compounding pharmacies to uh, to make a version of this. Uh-huh. So um, the be, which is all fairly, I mean, it makes sense. It's a little bit ironic if we want to get, you know, a little cynical about the way everything works, because it's like the popularity of this drug um, is is such that um, it becomes so popular that, it, that that they have to then put it on the, the shortages list, which then allows um, compounding pharmacies to make it. And that takes away from some of the, the, the revenue that's going to the actual drug manufacturer. So I'm sure the drug manufacturers love that. Um, but, but to, to kind of put up a, a point on that, it, so it is currently that there is nothing illegal about a, uh, a physician at a med spa or wherever they may be from ordering semaglutide from a, um, from a compounding pharmacy that currently is allowed. People shouldn't be worried about that specifically. Right. Yeah. That, that is allowed under the, uh, under the current FDA rules, as long as the, that injection is on the shortages list. Gotcha. So, um, and, and that's, I think an important distinction for, for folks to make, because one of the things that I, you know, after some of these, 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 the lawsuits came out from the manufacturers as well as some of the FDA, um, warnings, um, I had a few texts and emails from people saying, wait a minute, here's, here's the, the, the drug shortages clearance. Um, this doesn't make any sense. Why is this an issue? And really it's two separate issues. It's, it's the issue of, um, you know, what the FDA is saying, what the lawsuits are about, which we're going to get into a second. And the fact that, um, semaglutide is currently on this drug shortages list, which allows people to order it and use it, even though it is currently under a patent um, from the manufacturer. Um, so that's kind of what we're dealing. So then what is like, what has become the issue? Because as, as far as I can tell, the, the, the FDA had issued a, um, a warning maybe a couple weeks ago, I want to say. Um, and then subsequent to that, there are these lawsuits. So let's kind of go through each of those issues and let folks know what's going on so they can protect themselves. Sure. So I think at the end of uh, May, um, so about a month ago, I guess, the uh, FDA issued a, a warning about uh, compounding semaglutide. Um, the The specific issue is that uh, the, there's a, a base kind of base version of semaglutide that is used in making the FDA approved medications. Right. And uh, some of these compounding pharmacies are using a, a different version of that base material. It's called like a semaglutide salt um, right. or another version. And so while it may be similar, it's it's not the it's kind of not the approved way to do it. And so 
what they're making is is not the kind of not the drug shortages exception uh, option. Gotcha. So so when the drug shortage um, designation goes into place, essentially what's happening is compounding pharmacies are able to then recreate the the exact drug according to the exact ingredient specifications of the manufacturer and in the case that you're talking about correct me if i'm wrong with the um with the fda warning some people were making it with a slightly different base ingredient therefore it was not following the exact fda approved ingredient label list and therefore that was that was a problem Yes. Yeah. So in uh, to use kind of like a baking analogy, it's like using dark chocolate when the recipe calls for milk chocolate. It's like mm-hmm. they're, they may be very similar, but it's not the same thing. And so you're not making that recipe anymore. Right. Right. Yeah, that's um, so that's interesting. And, 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 you know, I don't know too much. I, I haven't heard or read too much about that issue other than the warning. And I don't want us to get too far off the rails here because the uh, the, the laws and the regulations surrounding pharmacies and compounding pharmacies in particular are very, very, very thorough and specific. And I don't think we've got the time or the or the the bandwidth to really even get into that, nor do I know them all that well. Um, so this is something um, that, that that I've heard. But what should folks generally know? I mean, what's kind of the takeaway that that, that, that people should know about the, the original FDA warning and how that relates to to, to their practice? Um, so it. For um, kind of med spas and practitioners, you just want to be sure that you're doing business with a, uh, a reputable compounding pharmacy. Um, you know, you may ask them, you know, are you using this, you know, this salt version or right. what do you think about this thing? Um, but that, that's kind of the, the main things that the, the FDA is warning about. Some pharmacies are not making it correctly um, and kind of you as the, the practitioner that's going to be using it. You just want to do a little bit of due diligence into who you're purchasing from uh, to see if they're, uh, they're following the rules. Hey everyone, let me take a quick second to share something really interesting for your business. Did you know that a staggering 74% of consumers shop on their phones while watching TV at night? That's like 7 out of 10 of your patients. But the real eye-opener here is that less than 1 out of 10 med spas actually sell their products online. Can you imagine the untapped potential of giving your patients the convenience to purchase treatments, services, or skincare right from the comfort of their own homes through your very own branded app? That's where RepeatMD comes in. RepeatMD is the fastest growing software in the medical aesthetics industry, and for good reason. RepeatMD is designed by e-commerce experts who have worked with renowned brands like Target, Nordstrom, and Neiman Marcus, and they'll build your practice its own mobile rewards and shopping app. Clients love RepeatMD, and patients love the experience RepeatMD provides. RepeatMD rewards patients for spending more, encourages them to come back more often, and helps them discover treatments they'll absolutely love. On top of that, your practice can sell memberships and offer financing for services all through your very own app designed and managed by the experts at RepeatMD. The bottom line is that RepeatMD enhances the entire patient experience while boosting your practice's revenue. They are game changers for your med spa. So what are you waiting for? Visit repeatmd.com forward slash amspa to book a quick product demonstration. And guess what? We'll have special pricing for medical spa insider listeners and you'll receive 50% off towards your first purchase. Don't miss out on this opportunity. Head over to repeatmd forward slash amspa today. In your research 
of, of this, Patrick, have you, I mean, do, do we know at all how long this emergency designation is going to last? Or is, like, at what point do they say, okay, we're fine, and you have to buy the, the brand name versions? Do we have any idea about that? Uh, not that I've seen. Um, I, I know that it gets it gets updated kind of as as needed, and I know that the manufacturer is is working very hard to increase their um, capacity. Uh, so I I know it's not going to be forever, um, but I can't really say much, kind of how much longer. Gotcha. So we know that number one, under that emergency use authorization, you um, you are allowed to order, uh, provided you're doing it correctly, um, from a compounding pharmacy to to order these injections, so you can use the semaglutide treatment to 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 treat patients for weight loss, provided that you are getting it from a reputable pharmacy and they are doing things correctly. So all that's that's fair and legal if you're doing it that way. The second issue that 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 came up is is probably more the one that folks need to worry about. I think it's absolutely the one that folks need to worry about because it did deal with a um, a lawsuit by the manufacturers of the drug against certain clinics and med spas that were that were using compounding pharmacies to to build and order these drugs um, to then use in their practices. And I think this is where we we we, we need to get people comfortable on, and, and on the same page as far as what happened, because when that originally came out, I know that people were a little freaked out because they said, oh, my God, I'm using a compounding pharmacy. Um, does this mean I'm targeted? And it's a, it, but it's a very specific issue that's at play here. So let's talk about that lawsuit. What brought that about? And what's the issues at play there? Yeah, so these uh, there's. I think four lawsuits presently, or at least that I'm aware of, um, and they are based on uh, violations of the manufacturers, uh, kind of trademarks, and then kind of unfair competition. Right. The the basis of it is that the the and it, it's also important to note that that all we really have are the um, allegations of the uh, manufacturer and the complaint. Um, you know, it's not a settled case, uh, right. so they're just saying what they observe. The the other uh, spas and clinics haven't 100%. had a chance to res- haven't had a chance to respond. Um, so what they're they're saying is that uh, that these spas are using a uh, compounded version. They're not they're not buying the the name brand version from them, but that they're using the uh, trademarked uh, names of you know Ozembic and Wagovi. Right. Wagovi, however you say it. I'm going to mess it up from here on out. By the way, me too. <laughs> and uh, um, using it to sort of increase your your marketing but and and leading people to believe that they're getting the the name brand version uh when really they're getting a a compounded version and then kind of a a follow-on to that is that that uh many some of these advertisements are referring to the uh fda approved nature or the cleared uh fda cleared indications uh for these name brand drugs and the studies that were done to uh to prove their safety and the um but are using this compounded version and so it's important to remember note that uh the fda does not approve the compounded versions of drugs they they kind of they oversee the compounding pharmacies and they set rules but what gets uh kind of compounded and and sold is not itself approved and it's not the approved version of the drug gotcha and i th- that is an important 
point. So, and what you're saying basically is every time a pharmacy, a compounding pharmacy builds a drug, which I, I kind of say build, but they're, they're kind of making the drug according to the ingredients in the cookbook. It, um, that individual compounded version is not going to be FDA approved. It's, 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 it is, it, it's the, the substance that was created by that particular, particular compounding pharmacy, but it's not approved like the, kind of corporately manufactured pharmaceutical that is that is approved by the manufacturers of Ozempic and, and will give me give me. Um, and that's so really what the current lawsuits are about are um, kind of marketing and trademark infringement, not necessarily the use of a um, an illegal substance um, under the compounding pharmacies. It's 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 a and, and 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 that's an important distinction. Not necessarily that it makes the people who are being sued feel any better, but um, what the claim is, and 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 please l- let me know if I'm getting this right. Is you know when you have a patent and when you have a trademark and you're actually out there using it, it's protected the same way as if someone were to go out and use AMSPA, right? So it's 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 the same protection. And so when these, I, I, I believe the allegations of these med spas and clinics are that they like, I think on their website and maybe on some of their, um, on some of their marketing material, were saying, using the words Ozempic and Mugovni, um as the drugs they were offering. But in reality, they weren't actually offering the name brand drugs. They were using a compounding pharmacy. So the, the, that's where the distinction is. Is, 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 is that right? Uh, yes. Yeah. It's, it's not having to do anything with the kind of safety or effectiveness of, of what's being offered. It's, it's, uh, these suits currently are just about the, the marketing and advertising language used. Right. And this, I mean, this goes back again. Everyone needs to know. Um, and the reason, you know, AMSPA exists in the first place is, is because med spas like, like any type of healthcare entity are highly, highly regulated. And that goes for all the drugs that they use. And that includes the, you know, the injectables to everything down to the IV drugs, to the, um, to the compounded, uh, semiglutide. So, so we are subject to all of those same drugs. So when, when, um, and, and this is where I'd like to kind of get into just, just the takeaways here. I mean, it, and it seems because the, the, uh, again, the, the, the distinction that I had, I've had this conversation a couple of times, people were very confused about what, why is this happening? Why is this lawsuit happening when we are allowed to use compounded pharmacies to make this drug? And again, the issue, that is not the issue. The issue is not the use of the compounding pharmacies. The issue is the use of the name brand of the drugs. Ozempic will give me, will give me what I, I know I'm screwing that up too. Um, you're using those name brands in your marketing and advertising material, but that is technically misleading because the actual drug that you're using is not those name brands. It is a compounded version. Um, so what's the takeaway here? Like, I mean, obviously it's, you know, people need to be very, very careful about their marketing, make sure they, they review that, but what, what other kind of advice can we give folks? Well, just to kind of avoid any claims of uh, of it being an FDA approved treatment, if you if you are purchasing the compounded versions, um, so if you're purchasing the, the name brand versions, then you know you can use the name brand advertising and and you know whatever the manufacturer kind of provides. Um, but if you're if you're purchasing compounded versions, you need to avoid any kind of uh, trademark name or or other trade name, and then any kinds of 
claims of uh, FDA clearance. Um, now, one of, one of the lawsuits refers to the uh, the studies done for uh, Ozimbic um, and as as being something that was, you know, that they're not supposed to use because it's not the same thing. Um, I that one, the, the, the kind of referring back to what I said before, the manufacturer uh, is wanting to protect their investment. And so if you're you just want to kind of avoid anything that they've uh, kind of generated or that refers to their uh, their kind of intellectual property. Right. I mean, is that really what this is? Is it just like an intellectual property dispute? Does this come down to money more than safety? There's yeah. There's no claims of of kind of safety issues other than that the the drugs are not uh, you know not FDA approved and so therefore could could be less safe. Um, but but really, the suits are about kind of intellectual property. It's, it's like if, uh, you know, Pepsi developed a slightly different tasting uh, cola and called it and marketed in a red bottle with Coca-Cola name. Um, you know, it's just it's not the it's not the same thing. And they're infringing on that trademark. Gotcha. And, 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 and I'm sh- not sure that you have the answer to this question. And it's probably more of a this is a larger question. But. I mean, aren't we kind of talking about the same thing? I mean, if you have a a farm, a compounding pharmacy that is following the recipe, like, yeah, it's not technically FDA approved, but yet it kind of is. The recipe's FDA approved. The final product is FDA approved. Um, and along the same lines, like, and I guess this is probably what I would say if I was, I mean, not that this would make a difference. I don't think that it would. It's, um, but, but along the lines of these, of, with the lawsuit, I mean, okay, I get it. It's, it's not technically Ozempic, but it is, Oh, it is Ozempic in that it follows the exact recipe. I mean, I, I, in some ways, I feel like this is more semantics than anything else. And I'm not trying to minimize this. God help me if the folks from Ozempic are listening. Like, that's not my intention. But it's it's um, like it's not I mean, it's all still based upon the same recipe. So, I mean, that's where I kind of my, my head gets a little bit twisted on this. I don't know. Does that make any sense? Yeah, no, I, I totally uh, understand that. It, it's a. Uh... It you know it can be exactly the same. It can be exactly as safe and as effective as the name brand one, um, but it but that compounded drug has not gone through the kind of same uh, loopholes in order to be uh, be able to claim, make that claim. Right. Okay. Well, I mean that. I mean that really is it. So I mean when I talk to folks, um, and and I'd love kind of your parting thoughts. We don't have to you know dive too too much into this because I think it's it, it is pretty clear. It's um, you know there's there's nothing uh, there's nothing wrong with using the, a compounding pharmacy to order semaglutide and 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 using that in your practice. Again, there are tons of other issues. And we've talked a little bit about some of this with, with our last podcast with um, Taylor Siemens. And we're going to be talking about this again in the future on, on other podcasts. But um, and we have a ton of information, by the way, on this on our website and blogs and things like that. The it's you know, there are ethical issues and there are other issues at stake when it comes to semaglutide and how it's used and how med spas are using it. And I don't want to shortchange or or sweep under the rug any of those issues. That's really not what we're doing. But the fact of the matter is, from a legal perspective, you are allowed to order semaglutide 
currently from a compounding pharmacy, provided they follow the exact recipe, number one, and in your marketing, um, it, you are you are not referring to the brand names. You are not referring to FDA clearance. You are being very, very careful about what it is that you say and how you say it. Um, is that is that is that a good lay of the land as far as the legal um, landscape goes? Yeah, I, I would say so, at least uh, based on what we have now, um, you know, there's, there's all obviously the option of there being more developments or more lawsuits that would kind of give us a um, uh, other rules or, or things, but uh, that kind of that's a that's about where we stand now. I think, and there are. I mean, I also heard there are other drugs coming out too that are going to be you know similar that or or in pill form or capsule form, and that's going to be a whole nother thing. I mean, what so so what are the what are your final thoughts on this, Patrick? What is the what is the grand poobah of legal compliance in the medspa industry think? <laughs> <laughs> well, so if you've, uh, uh, I think if you've kind of done your your homework and you've, you're getting from a reputable compounding pharmacy and you're um, you've looked over your that kind of advertising materials and you're avoiding the kind of uh, uh, kind of red flags in there, um, the the other thing I, I I think is always important to keep in the back of your mind is that the the compounding still is only allowed because it's on the shortages list. So. Uh, you may need, you probably want to come up with a kind of a plan B for when uh, it's no longer on the shortages list. Right. That's a good, a really good point. I mean, presumably when it is no longer on the shortages list, it is because it is no longer in shortage and therefore it will be easier to obtain directly from the manufacturer. Um, I think, however, um, and, and I don't know that anybody necessarily knows this, but given the overwhelming massive demand of, of this, and, and to be clear, it's had you know wonderful effects on some people. I you know, and people need it. I think who are who are going through things, and I think it's it's important that it, that it's out there. I think you know where it's getting a bad name is through some of the celebrities and stuff like that. But whatever, we'll deal with that as it comes. Um, I do think at some point though the the hopefully the drug will not be in shortage and therefore none of this will really be an issue and it'll be kind of easy to navigate in the same way that any other drugs or in, in aesthetics are are um are, are available um all right um hey patrick um i just paused it for a sec what uh is there anything else you want to mention what do we miss what else do you want to to say real quick before we sign off um you know, I can't think of, uh, I think we've okay. covered, covered all. No, me too. Um, okay. All right. All right. Well, this was good. I mean, this is, you know, kind of short and sweet and I appreciate your time. It's been um, 25 minutes um, of just kind of digging into this. Patrick, I appreciate it. Um, and we will have more on this to come. Um, so please keep an eye both on our, our blog and uh, on social media where, where you follow um, AmSpa as well as the, this podcast to learn more about the issue. Patrick, thank you very much. Thank you, Alex. Happy to be here. All right. We'll talk soon. Thanks for joining us this week with the American Med Spa Podcast, Medical Spa Insider. This week, founder Alex Tiersch was joined by Patrick O'Brien, attorney for AmSpa from the law firm of Bertadotto. If you are new with us, click on the subscribe button, then receive new content when it happens. Leave a rating and a review. See you on our next episode.